Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of the Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. Also check out our website at hitthatline.com for all types of great articles, podcasts, videos, whatever it is dealing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. We're a midway point through the week, folks. We're going to talk a little Texas A&M. Mark Passwaters of Rivals is going to be joining us later in the podcast to give us a breakdown of Texas A&M and some of the things that he feels is going to happen, not only in this game for Texas A&M, but also what it means for Arkansas, what it could mean for Arkansas, and some of the benefits that go along with that as well. But uh, I want to start, of course, with the game itself against Texas A&M because we need to move on. The game sucked against San Jose State. I'm done with that. I don't, I don't want to deal with that anymore. I, you don't want to talk about it other than the fact that some of you just want to just blow it all up and to kingdom come, which is fine if you want to do that, but that's not what I'm going to do here. Today, I'm going to get into a little different approach and looking at Texas A&M. And maybe I'll be able to provide some reason to be interested in the game against Texas A&M. Now, I'm not telling you that Arkansas is going to win. I'm not going to predict Arkansas to win. But just hear me out. I I may give you some at least uh, some ideas or perhaps some talking points that may be able to help you out and keep you interested and entertained in the Arkansas-Texas A&M game. First off, this game, just like many other games this season for Arkansas, I guess you could really say all four of them have been this way has been about show me something show me something show me what you learned show me what you've changed show me how you're going to fix it because even in the first game of the season against Portland State that game was all right Arkansas you went two and ten last year you had an overhaul on the roster you had a lot of additions made through some freshman phenoms. You had some really good things going in the recruiting classes. Show me what you've changed. Show me how you've gotten better from last year. Maybe you didn't really get that against Portland State, but that was the mentality going into it. And then the next game against Ole Miss became that next step of, all right, Arkansas, show me what you can do against the SEC. Show me if you can win a game against a pretty poor and terrible SEC opponent in Ole Miss. Show me that you're a competent offense that wasn't just vanilla against Portland State, that you're actually going to go out and show what your offense is all about. Well, we didn't really get that now, did we? We saw the Wildcat, whoop de doo but didn't get all of the things that we would have liked to have seen against Ole Miss. And then comes Colorado State, where Nick Starkle's named starting quarterback. Then it becomes, all right, Arkansas, show me under Nick Starkle and his leadership and him at quarterback that you can put together really good offensive drives, really good offensive plays, explosive plays, put the ball in the end zone, score a bunch of points, and have full tilt boogie type offense. Because it was obvious that Nick Starkle was the guy. He was the better quarterback of the quarterbacks in that room. So show me, Arkansas. Show me what you can do with Nick Starkle at the helm. And... Pretty much that's what you got. You got a nice performance offensively. Uh, You still got victory over Colorado State, which made the people feel a lot better about the situation. But, you know, it was was a show-me game. And then this past weekend against San Jose State, 
was, all right, Arkansas, show me that you can impose your will on a lesser opponent. Show me that as a team, you know you're going into it with confidence coming off of a nice victory and that you're going to walk into your home stadium and just absolutely obliterate the team that dares walk into that stadium thinking they could win. Obliterate them. Show no mercy. Run it up, Herman. Leave no doubt. Show me that, Arkansas. And you didn't see it. You didn't see it at all. So here we are at game five. Arkansas' second SEC game against Texas A&M in Arlington at Dallas Cowboys Stadium. And it's once again another show-me game. All right, Arkansas. Show me how embarrassed you were in losing to San Jose State. Show me that you will not allow that to ever happen again. Show me that your focus has been 100% this week into this game upcoming and that it's going to translate on the field. Show me, Arkansas, that you have been well-coached, well-managed, and that you're hyped up and ready to get things back on track. Show me, Arkansas, that when you get hit with adversity, that you're able to respond in kind and not let anything, and I mean anything, define you as a losing program and as a losing team this year. Show me you can be competitive in the SEC. Show me what you've learned. And honestly, folks, this might be the last chance Chad Morris and the Razorbacks have to show themselves, to prove themselves that they are still worthy of being an SEC team, that Chad Morris is still worthy of being an SEC coach, that this team and this program have turned things around and won't let what happened against San Jose State happen again. Because if they don't, if they come out flat, if they don't look like they're ready, if they're not competitive, if it's just an absolute sloppy and terrible football game, then it might need to shut it all down, blow it all up, and rebuild. There'll be more games, sure. But this game has to be about the response. And if you can't respond and get up for Texas A&M and Dallas, then you're not going to get up for any games this year. And Arkansas has to make sure that they do not allow that to happen. But we know what you can allow to happen. You can allow yourself to enjoy some great offers, some great tickets, some great concerts, some great sporting events with Vivid Seats. It's an online ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. With the Vivid Seats app that you can download at the Google Store or at the Apple Store, they get rewards for you with their Vivid Seats rewards. You can range from MVP to a Hall of Famer, where customers like you can earn up from 10% up to 16% credit on all your purchases through the app through the month of September. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100% guarantee, and it's a great way to get tickets and to enjoy the rewards program to where the more you buy, the more you save. So since it's backed by a 100% buyer guarantee, the biggest concerts and games, and the hottest theater shows and more, Vivid Seats has it all, so download the app. And when you're about to order your tickets, maybe you're going to go down to Dallas this weekend for some reason, power to you, Godspeed. But if you're wanting to do that and get tickets to Arkansas and Texas A&M, enter promo code KICKOFF at the checkout to receive a discount of $100. That's right. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount up to $100 with the Vivid Seats app. Download it again today, the Vivid Seats app, and enjoy those big events. 
Arkansas and Texas A&M this Saturday at 11 a.m. in Arlington at Jerry World. It's always such a strange game. The Aggies have definitely had the number of the Razorbacks over the past seven seasons. We're going to talk a little more about this matchup and about Texas A&M as we welcome in Mark Passwaters, who covers Texas A&M for AggieYell.com. Mark, appreciate you joining us. How are you doing this morning, man? Uh, doing fine, John. How about you? Uh, I'm doing well. We're doing well, and and you know this. There's. I want to get your thoughts on this because I always find it interesting, especially at this point in time in the season. Whenever we have somebody on who covers the other school, just kind of get the pulse of what the fans are feeling, what what the current program's at. Because Texas A&M's at two and two. Their two losses were against two quality teams in Clemson and in Auburn. But what's the overall feel right now in Aggieland for how the fans feel about the season and the direction of where the season's going? I think the fans are frustrated, and I think the coaching staff is frustrated. Uh, they have they basically laid two eggs against Clemson and Auburn, and that may sound ridiculous when you think, well, it's number one and number eight. It's like bad in both games. I mean, when I was listening to your intro and heard Chad Morris talking about the San Jose State game, I, I thought to myself, well, if you speed that up about three to, three times, that could have been Jimbo talking about last weekend. <laughs> I mean, A&M was just really disappointing. I mean, there's just no better better way to put it. It's a good football team, and they have played some really bad football. Uh, offensive line has not been good. Uh, the running game, especially since Jay Sean Corbin got hurt, hasn't been good. Uh, you know, the defense, you look at the numbers, and they look pretty darn good. But, you know, they, they look like they had never schemed for, out, uh, for Auburn in their life. And it was pretty obvious what they were going to do. Everybody knew it. Gus didn't do anything different. So there's a lot of frustration and, and, you know, an element of disappointment because you needed that game last weekend, especially if you take a look at what's still left on the schedule, Georgia, Alabama, and LSU. Yeah. Looking at, uh, you know, every, every game seems to start and end with, with how it goes in the trenches. Looking at the A&M offensive line, three returning starters, both your tackles and your center back from a year ago, three juniors, a senior, and a freshman up front. Uh, looks like a and you know, set up once again. To, to, I know they're frustrated at this point, but to make a run in the SEC with that offensive line. Well, you know, the, the, you say the center is back. The guy who play, who's playing center is a veteran, but Eric McCoy was the center last year, and he's now snapping the ball to Drew Brees. And that loss is a very, you know, tangible one. He was not only a big physical guy, but he was a three-year starter, and he was very, very good not just in the physical game, but the mental as well. His line checks were excellent. He just knew what to do. Um, Colton Prater isn't there yet. And I've been very disappointed overall with just the general physicality that they've shown. And when you think about what Jimbo emphasizes, that's one of the things. So you take a look at what's happened from last year to this. Last year they started off being disappointing on the offensive line, but their problem was primarily pass blocking. This year, pass blocking's improved. The run blocking is significantly worse under Josh Henson. So, you know, it took a couple of months for him to gel last year. It may be the case again this year, but at this point, you know, first of all, we got to see some evidence of it. And second, it may be a little too late to really salvage the expectations for 2019. Mark, there's a lot of connections between Arkansas and Texas A&M, particularly with players and staff. We all know Chad Moore's connection, John Chavis, the defense coordinator for Arkansas, used to be the D.C. 
over with the Aggies. But I want to start with the main one, or at least the ones that people are most fascinated by, and that's the quarterback Nick Starkle, who had started his career at Texas A&M, now plays for Arkansas. He had a really nice game against Colorado State, but had absolutely an abysmal game against San Jose State where he threw five interceptions. You've covered A&M for quite some time. What are your thoughts on Nick Starkle when he was at A&M, and what type of quarterback do you think he can be in the Chad Moore system at Arkansas? Well, I'll be perfectly honest. I thought he was going to win the starting job last year. Uh, you know, he had had the better of things in 2017 under Kevin Sumlin, and I really thought that he was going to be better prepared. Kellen Mond came out and surprised everybody, and I think he's, you know, for all the complaints about him, he's justified when you know Jimbo's decision. Uh, Nick is an interesting guy because he's got a huge arm. He can make some great throws, but then, as you saw last weekend, he can make just some terrible mistakes and they can be extremely costly you take a look at last year the clemson game a&m should have won that football game nick came in for one play got hit made a mistake of having the ball out where he shouldn't have fumbled clemson recovered a&m was inside the clemson 20 when that happened and you know essentially you can argue that with a bunch of other things it cost him the ball game you know with with nick it's just it's hit or miss and I think that people saw that the last two weeks up in Fayetteville, where you saw him just absolutely eat Colorado State alive, and then he turns around and throws five picks against San Jose State. Yeah. A&M has won seven straight in this series, all of them since joining the SEC. What's the view from, from the fan base, from the coaching staff? How, how do they view this this game on the schedule every year with Arkansas? It's played in Arlington. It's, it's, it's a weird deal because neither team gets to play this at home. What's the viewpoint or the or the feeling about the Arkansas A&M series there in College Station? Well, I think unless you live in the Dallas-Fort Worth metroplex, you absolutely hate the fact that it's a Jerry World. I can't stand it. Uh, you know, we've been there now seven years in a row. I've gotten lost getting out of there seven years in a row. It's just it's ridiculously big. But, you know, for fans, the atmosphere is lacking. People want from A&M want to go to Arkansas for a home-and-home. Home. They want to have games to Kyle Field. They want to go to Fayetteville. Um, you know, obviously, they're contractually obligated to 2024, but if they could find a way out of it, I think they'd be very happy to do so. Um, you know, it, for the as for the game itself, you know, they, obviously, you have the historical rivalry between the two programs going back to the Southwest Conference. For this year, for A&M, it's, you better win this game because you've got to get back on track because you take a look at what's coming. you got a bye week because then you got Alabama. You know, things are not going to be easy at any point this year. This is a game they absolutely must have. Speaking with Mark Passwaters of AggieYell.com via the Cherokee Casino Hotline right now on the Morning Rush. Uh, you know, I want to ask you about Chad Morris because obviously with the way that last season went going 2-10, and 10, which historically was the worst Razorback football season of all time, this year they're starting out 2-2. Two and two. Uh, They'll have a loss to Ole Miss and, of course, the absolutely embarrassing and humiliating loss to San Jose State. There is a lot of Razorback fans that are not happy with Chad Morris. They want to see a change. They don't think that he's uh, the right guy, the right fit for the job. Uh, what do you make from about Chad Morris, just from an outsider's perspective? What do you make of him as a coach? Do you think that he needs more time and he can get Arkansas going? What are your thoughts on Chad? Well, I think that just as a general point, a coach deserves a full recruiting cycle. You know, at least three years where it's with his players. And you take a look at what Chad Morris is trying to do. He's trying to completely change uh, offensive systems with players that were recruited by Brett Bilem. 
you know, you're talking about going 180 degrees here. And I'm not overly surprised that there's been some difficulty. And you take a look at the just the situation that the Razorbacks are faced with right now. A&M has Jimbo Fisher, and they're recruiting extremely well. Tom Herman and Texas are recruiting extremely well. Obviously, Oklahoma are is recruiting extremely well. Why am I bringing up these three things? Because historically, Arkansas has had success recruiting in Texas when they've been good. Right now, it's very difficult to do that. So he's got the double whammy of trying to place a square peg in a round hole, and he's trying to recruit against programs that at this point in time are in a better position than he is. So I think it's real tough to sit there and slam him after 15 games. I don't think that's really fair. I think he deserves a longer evaluation than that, but I think he's got a tough road to hoe. Got to ask you about Nick Starkle. He played in 11 games for the Aggies, transferred, of course, to Arkansas. Everybody knows he's the the starting quarterback here. Had a rough outing last week, five interceptions. From your perspective, I mean, I know he just played in 11 games there, but he's he's only played a couple at Arkansas. What what do Hog fans need to know about Nick Starkle at this point? He's a great kid. I mean, he's a very, very good human being. You'll never hear anybody say anything negative about him. I think the biggest problem that Nick has at this point is the fact that he's behind a bad offensive line and he's not mobile. Uh, You know, he's got a huge arm. He can make big plays, but like I said earlier, it's hit or miss. He can make big mistakes. The biggest problem that Nick has is he just doesn't have that uh, ability to keep plays alive with his feet. He's very stationary. And that is a bit of a problem in, in Chad Morris's offense. I totally get why he's the starter. I think he should be the starter. But you're going to have to deal with some ebbs and some flows. And, you know, he just needs people to block better in front of him. Honestly, it sounds a lot like what Kellen Mond has to deal with right now. All right, Mark, before we let you get out of here, though, I want to look at this game in particular. Both teams are 2-2, two and two, but Texas A&M is favored at this point in time by 23.5 points. Uh, obviously the better team, more talented team, but we all know that this game can get weird at times, especially over the past few years. What do you see happening in this matchup? Uh, do you think A&M runs away with this like Vegas does? What are your thoughts on the game itself? Well, I think that really depends on what A&M team shows up. Are we talking about the team that played the fourth quarter against Auburn? Are we talking about the team that, you know, obviously crushed lesser competition? Or are we talking about the team that played the first half against Auburn and much of the game against Clemson? Uh, if they if they sit there and they're just mistake prone and they don't play with a sense of urgency, then it's a ball game. But if they come out and they show some anger and take out some frustration after last week, uh, you know that A&M's defensive front is very very good. You know, just to put it on brass tacks, and Arkansas's offensive line has proven that it's not very good. So there's going to be a lot of pressure on Nick. And as we saw last week, when there's pressure, he can make mistakes. And if Arkansas turns the ball over anywhere like they did last weekend, especially if you give the Aggies a short field, they're going to put up a lot of points. And they're going to try to do some things differently this week. I think they're going to try to establish the running game, obviously. But I think Kellamon's going to have to run more. And if he's able to find some space, as we saw a couple of years ago when he had that huge run, he makes he can do some damage. And I think that uh, the opportunity is there for A&M to win this thing big, but they better show up. They didn't show up last year and it nearly cost them. Mark Passwaters covers Texas A&M for AggieYell.com. Really appreciate you hopping on with us this morning, Mark. Have a great weekend, man. Enjoy the game, and I'm sure we'll be catching up later down the road. All right. Thanks, gentlemen. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 
Well, appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Rush John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 